Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to Courtside with Joe Morelli. I am your host, Sean Patrick Bowley. This is your weekly fix of all things Connecticut High School boys basketball. And Joe's the man. He knows everything. Right, Joe? Well, I try to. Good morning, Sean. And uh, we're coming to you a few days after our last one with uh, the sports doctor, Keith O'Brien. We're going to try to get you on a regular schedule on Tuesday mornings, the day when the poll comes out in the paper, the day after it comes out on Game Time CT. So give you ready, get you ready for the week. Uh, not much change in the top ten this week, Sean. Uh, again, Sacred Heart, East Catholic, Windsor. Again, I've said it over and over. I think they're the three best teams. They're still the top three teams. Sacred Heart extended its lead on East Catholic in the top ten. I think people, when they start seeing the top ten and they didn't lose, I think people start to adjust how they vote. I think it starts to become more consistent. Basic coming off a win over Crosstown rival Harding last night, um, a, a sizable one at home. Seven and oh, excuse me, eight and oh now, solidify at number four. Notre Dame and West Haven beat Shelton last night. They're number five. Then you got your number six there. Is Waterford, and I think we talked about it with, the, with Keith last week. Yep. We talked about how important the game is, and I even said it in my thing. I mean, if this were an NCAA tournament, this would be a quality, considered a quality win to Waterford, to beat Trumbull, a non conference game. And I think you give kudos to Trumbull, too, for going to schedule that game. And playing and losing in a one-point game, 66-65. Waterford, 6. Trumbull, 8. Deservedly so. Eastline moves up to 7 after beating Ledyard last week. And then you have East Hartford, the, um, the only loser in this top 10. From this when week. I say loser, I mean because they lost to Windsor in a game that they were leading after three quarters. Again, Windsor ranked third, both in the CCC. You're not going to be penalized that much. I think they dropped one spot from last week. And then the interesting one, we know about their football program, Masons and how they beat Darien. Mm-hmm. And now Newtown, for the first time that I can remember. Yeah, I don't I, I, I mean, I've been doing this poll since 2002, 2003. I don't remember Newtown ever being in the top ten. Now, I can't speak for before that. But they're not a perennial hot powers. But listen, the only thing I, I can say is they were the 21 seed last year in Division Two. They made it to the semifinals, and I'm, you know, they haven't played the greatest of schedules, but I guess people were trying to find a team to vote for once Hill House lost to Cheshire, and uh, and the reason Hill House has dropped out is because they were outscored 12 nothing in the first quarter against yeah, Cheshire. That was shocking. 22 to nothing before they scored. I guess they made a run, but they ended up losing 51-44. And, and I, I credited Greg Letter from the Cheshire Herald and deservedly so. He checked all the yearbooks going back, and they had never beaten them. And now remember, the SEC is 25 years old. Before that, Cheshire played in the Hoosie. Mm-hmm. Hillhouse played a national schedule, played in the district, or whatever league they played in, and they didn't play each other. Right. And the only reason they do play each other is because of the league. So, And they haven't even played every year in the league, is that right? No. And, and one, there was a couple close games. In fact, I think it was overtime or a close game in the SEC tournament in 15, I want to say. The year before they won the uh, championship as sophomores when they had Adams and mm-hmm. Breland, when they were all freshmen. And Danny Lee's a great coach. And as you saw again last night, he had Hammond on the ropes. He was leading the whole game. And Hammond with another buzzer beater, a three by Victor Rosario. Basically, almost two weeks after, 
another buzzer beater against Cross. They easily could be under 500. They're five and two. They're ranked 11. So they're very fortunate to be where they are at 11. But again, kudos to Newtown. Yeah, they're in the a- top 10. I, I, I think it's a great story. And let's see. Uh, again, now I want to see how teams play them. Now they have the bullet on their back. People are like, oh, wow, they're ranked. So it's a, this becomes a, yeah. a big win. Now before beat Newtown, who cares? Now beat Newtown, it's a big well, deal. They, they, I'm looking at their schedule right now. And I mean, yeah, Pop Rock tomorrow. They haven't had, I mean, they've won by about 10 points or more every single game. I mean, including Ledyard at home. Um, you know, Staples uh, on the road. Uh, they beat Hand by 20. That was the last one. They that got... was the last one that was on Wednesday. Uh, they beat Capital Prep. That's a good big. win. Um, uh, and they, 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 they tipped it all off with Torrington at the start of the season. They have Pop Rock tomorrow. Who's on Friday? Uh, Friday would be uh, would be Bethel. Who's yeah. not that good this year. Next right. week, I think Notre Dame of Fairfield next week, if I remember seeing correctly, right? Yeah, Notre Dame Fairfield on Friday the 18th. So a week from, wait, is that, when is that? Week from Friday, right? Week a week from Friday, so a week from Friday. Then the next uh, game after that is Brookfield, and they don't get Colby Cathedral, um, which is pretty good. I, or I, I imagine, right? Let's well, Colby. Brookfield is undefeated, so oh, they okay, give them yeah. a little bit of love that's in the one. SWC. Uh, Colby's off to a rough start, but that's a team you never want to take lightly. Uh, the Cougars and John Fo. So we're going to find out. Right, and they also have Crosby down there. They have uh, yeah, they they've got some teams on the schedule. I mean, the SWC has always been pretty good. Yeah, well, listen, we talk about it. We don't talk about it much, but they won three state championships that's last year. Absolutely immaculate, right. and who didn't play any games last week? You got Colby Cathedral in Division Four, who's now in two. Brookfield won two years ago, and Notre Dame Fairfield won last year. They're off to a rough start, but I don't. Again, you don't discount these teams, and you don't discount this league. And right. again, I am curious to see how Newtown does. And even if they lost a game and dropped out, they're still a team that's obviously that's a contender in the SWC. So we'll see how it goes. Here's the thing with Newtown is that, is that they really have no uh, they have no cachet. They have no history in right. basketball, and that's what makes it great because they're not a basketball team. They're more of a football team, and mm-hmm. we know their history with that. And I think it's going to be interesting again. I think they've already had success, and I think they will continue to have success because obviously they're not just going to start falling off the map, but I'm, I'm curious how they will react when teams give them their best shot now. And, and we're going to find out. I mean, people say the rankings don't mean anything, but it does to the other teams playing them now. They're playing the number 10 team in the state. Whether you true or not mm-hmm. true, to Pop Rock, that's what they're going to be talking about. Hey, they know. And that's not, not about tooting our own horn. It's just a fact. Right. And this is the new town team that did get to the semifinals last year. That's right. In Division Two, And uh, it was a great game with Amity. And it was a block shot at the end that otherwise they could have been the final against Immaculate. Um, we have, we have Re- Reva Coach Reggie Hatchett joining us in our next segment with the Courtside with Joe Murley mm-hmm. Podcast. We'll be right back after this. Don't miss a pass, pitch, or putt this season. Sign up for the Whistle Newsletter and get the latest news and stories sent straight to your inbox from GameTimeCT.com. Welcome back to the Courtside with Joe Morelli podcast. We have, as our guest this week, Weaver coach Reggie Hatchett, who just bypassed his fifth anniversary with the program, led the team to three straight finals from 2014, the first year when he came on midseason, to 2016, winning the 2015 title in Class M. Reggie, good morning. How are you? I'm well. How you guys doing? We're doing fine. You're six and two this year, and your only two losses are Hartford Public up at the uh, GHPA Invitational, a game you led almost the entire way and lost by two, and you lost to the number one team in the state in Sacred Heart. Obviously, off to a good start, Reggie. 
Yes, sir. Uh, we got you know last year we we struggled. We had a lot of young players, and then um, you know be, it being our first year being independent, it was just kind of a recipe for disaster last year. Um, and so getting all those players coming back this year, um, you know, I knew we would be much stronger than we were last year because we were so young. So now everyone on the team has um, varsity experience, you know, at least one year of varsity experience under their belt. Who are a couple of the key players that have been done well for you so far? Um, I would say up to this, uh, Tristan Reed, yep. who just scored his 1,000 point, point yes. uh, the other night. Um, he's a, a freak athlete, a very strong player for us. And, Obviously, we got a transfer from East Windsor um, named Marcus Goss, who has stepped in and filled the role as a starting point guard extremely well. And then we also have a, a young man, uh, Deshaun Gittens, who is probably one of the top sophomores in the state. Um, and uh, he's uh, been playing extremely well for us, just doing a plethora of things for us, not just scoring, but also rebounding, assists, blocks, steals. You know, he fills up the stat sheet. So. We have a, a very well-balanced team. Didn't Gittins have 27 and like five and six against uh, Harding on Saturday, something like that? Yes, sir. It was his best game of his young career. He um, kind of had a breakout game because he's always, you know, looking to distribute the ball. But in that game, it's like he found a new toy. He realized that he could get to the <laughs> rim, you know, anytime he wanted to. So he, he uh, you know, beat them by getting to the basket. Now, hopefully, that's you know, a, a turning point for his uh, season, and he starts to do that every game now. That He had definitely has the potential to be a 20-point scorer. Uh, Reggie Hatchett, our, our guest uh, from Weaver, and 2013 you weren't there, but the program went to the finals, lost to Granby, and I believe class says. 2014, your first year, you guys lost to East Catholic out of the CCC, in an all-CCC matchup in, uh, uh, in 14. Right. 15, you, you win class semi, beat Notre Dame Fairfield. Um and then in 2016, in the uh, double overtime game with Hill House. The classic double Well, I, I don't know how classic <laughs> it was. I'm, I'm sure Reggie has a different take of yeah, all, oh, right. all the fouls call. And it was, it was a tough game to watch. And, and it was tough. Uh, and efficiency was I called mean, into the, question. The, what? Even being on the, the losing side of uh, that game, uh, you know, when you look back on it, uh, Connecticut, um, you know, we have a lot of talented players, but there was a number of high-level basketball players in that game. Um, you know, I think as the years go along, people will look at it like it's a classic when you have guys like Joey Kasperzik and Trey Breland on their side and Keandre Fair and the Martin brothers on our side. So it was a great matchup, and, you know, it was our second time playing them that year. Right. And, um, and you know, we had, we had been successful against them earlier that year. At Maloney in the uh, CPTV players, Classic. coaches, yeah. perhaps. So, you know, I was very happy to be a part of such a classic game, but obviously – which the, uh, the result had been a little bit different. Yeah, yeah my a- apologies for jumping in. It was in, in December that year you guys beat Hill House pretty handily in the CPTV Classic at Maloney. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned, um, again, you, we talked about a couple of different things. Last year, adjusting to being out of the CCC. How tough has it been for the school and, and the kids in trying to fill a 20-game schedule? Okay, I think people don't realize when you have a program that has a reputation for being strong, yep. it's very difficult to get coaches to play you. So, like, the the biggest adjustment to being totally independent, like, if, if I had been independent with the team that I had with all of those Division One level players on it, it right. would have been a great situation. But because all of those kids graduated, 
and um, we had a you know a, basically an entirely new team. And the only teams that would agree to play us are the teams that also needed games themselves, right. or the teams that you know they, they have very strong programs themselves. So we're playing East Catholic, we're playing Hill House, we're playing Bassic, you know, we're playing Windsor, we're playing all all these different teams that are basically juggernauts. So the schedule was extremely difficult, and for to have you know guys it's their first experience playing varsity. When we played at the first game of the season it was Hill House at the uh, Spirit of the Dock uh, Classic in Hartford. Yeah. It was like you know seventy percent of my team it was their first varsity game, and they're playing Hill House with full court pressure in, and you know right. there's a lot of mystique around you know playing Hill House, and those guys really get after the ball. You know, uh, Coach Sutton does a great job. You know getting them prepared defensively. So it was really just a recipe for to be a difficult time. But you know, I, I think we're reaping the benefits of it now because we've been in some really, really tough environments, you know, playing at Bassett, playing at East Catholic, playing Hill House at Trinity College all last year. So, you know, that made our team tougher. But, you know, filling an independent schedule is very difficult, especially when the middle of the road or the weaker teams will refuse to play you because they just don't believe that you're weak. You know, they think that you're, you know, still as strong as you have been in the past. Coach, this is Sean Bully. Um, uh, for people who, in, who might not know about the situation, explain the, the the dynamics of what Weaver is right now. I know it's been go- undergoing construction for like it feels like forever. You know, where do the kids go and where do – and then CCC was like, well, we don't know what the future of the school is. I mean, there's been a lot of, you know, funding problems and all sorts of things like that. So, I mean, you know a heck of a lot more about it than I do and Joe does. And just for people who don't know what what the school is kind of going through, you know, what's your, your – yeah, what's the situation? Well, when I graduated Weaver in 1997, we had uh, around 1,800 students. Weaver currently has less than 300 students. In, in the building um, that we're at, the Journalism and Media Academy um, in Hartford. Uh, but we have um, another school that we draw from, which is a Global Academy. And if if there's a kid that goes to a magnet school that does not have a team and they live in close proximity to Weaver, then they can compete for Weaver. So pretty much all in all, we have about you know less than 100 boys that are wow. varsity eligible or, or, or you know, sports eligible to, you know, to draw from. And, you know, that's, that's very difficult being in a situation that we're in. Most of the kids that are, um, you know, reputable a- athletes or whatever, those, those parents are sending their kids to Northwest Catholic or East Catholic or, or you know, the schools like that um, to the, or Capital um, University High and ca- uh, Capital Prep, mm-hmm. those type of schools. So, like the um, the talent pool has, in Hartford has been dispersed amongst like what feels like fifteen to twenty schools. Right. So instead of having a concentration of of talent like Weaver had, you know, in the '90s and early 2000s, now you know we have one or two kids here. This school has one or two one or two kids. That school has one or two kids. So it's really difficult to put together a you know a, a, a strong team based off the talent pool that each uh, school has. But with the new building, um, and I'm, you know, kind of skeptical until I see actually, you know, actually things ha- um, taking place. But we're supposed to have a thousand kids, uh, uh, nine hundred to a thousand kids in the new building uh, when it opens up next year, and that's just, you know, optimistic numbers. But we don't know what the enrollment is going to be until the first day of school. But 
you know, that's what they're anticipating. So hopefully that will be a step back in the right direction of Weaver returning to what it used to be. Uh, Reggie Hatchin joining us. Uh, I'm sorry, Coach. Uh, You said next year, 2020 opens or fall 2019 scheduled open? Fall 2019, the building will be open. Um, Same grounds, same area, same, just redid everything? It's going to be at the traditional Weaver site, which is at 415 Granby Street. Right. So that that building will be back open um, for business this fall. Isn't Weaver? I mean, like you were just kind of talking. Even it's been kind of become a collection of of like different programs and magnets and stuff like that. Like small programs. Is that what it's become basically right now? Yes, um, and the reason why it was uh, we were released from the CCC was because of the fact that our basketball programs were still able to have a, a, a small amount of success. But many of our other sports programs, we couldn't even field teams. So mm-hmm. we had to do a co-op with Buckley for football. Uh, we didn't even have a soccer program. We just couldn't get enough kids for soccer. Um, you know, it was always difficult for us to even field teams, and we almost never were able to do a JV team. So there, it was just too many teams that we could not, you know, basically have. Uh, too many sports we couldn't compete in. We didn't have enough kids to have teams for. And so the CCC was just, you know, fed up, I believe, with that, the fact that we couldn't field teams and all these other sports. So even though our, our basketball program was still continuing to to, to perform at an optimal level, none of the other programs uh, besides track was right. able to do the same thing. Here's the way I've, I've seen it since you guys were – you guys, the basketball team, is kind of like the you're, – you're carrying the the school banner, basically. Track, too, I think, a little oh, bit. Yeah, maybe track, too. But like, but especially the, you, the basketball – I mean, you guys are kind of like – the. You're like the only reason like the school exists at this moment. I think yes, they're gonna have a new. Well, and and, and uh, this, that's the message that we you know give to the basketball team is they have a, a huge responsibility. Um, you know the the, uh, the community support has dwindled down, um, you know drastically for the school itself. And the basketball team is kind of like the glimmer of hope that we have in bridging this gap. You know when this school opens back up, and I and I am optimistic that we will be. Uh, be able to return to where we were, but it'll be very much because the basketball team was able to hold things together for this three, four year period where things were really dark. Um, and and not, you know, I'm not you know, trying to sound like blow my own horn or anything, but no. I do believe that if the basketball team wasn't doing as well, it would be highly likely that the school would have gone away. And that's and, um, that's you know, crazy. That's that, amazing. That, that's a strong possibility. Reggie Hatchett joining us from Weaver. Uh, Coach, and again, assuming it happens for the 1920 season, I mean, you've been without a home court, so basically road games for five seasons. How difficult has that been for the program, for the kids, and trying to get everybody rides and and get everybody on the bus and and that kind of thing? You know, for people that understand sports, you know, I'm I'm sure a lot of people do get that, but the psychological advantage of being in your own building or being in a gym that you're familiar with is uh it's huge and to not have a, a home base or a crowd that's at consistently at every game or to not be able to practice on the same court that you play your home games on um it's essentially we play 20 road games a year even though we've the one season we had our um our home games was at the old south catholic 
and then the other the next year we were at uh, Classical Magnet. So there, we've we've had home games at different gyms, but those gyms are not available as, available to us for practice. They're just you know we have scheduled game time. We're able to come in, you know, fifteen twenty minutes before the game and get in the layup line, and that may be you know the only time those kids have even shot on that court. Um, so. Not not having a, a home gym has been extremely difficult. It has also played a part in how difficult our seasons have been, and and, and why our kids have you know been so resilient to even you know be able to compete at that level. To think about the state championship team in 2015 didn't have a home gym, yep. um, and you know that and we were you know arguably one of the top two or three teams in the in the state that year mm-hmm. and we played 20 road games and, and every time we played against you know a reputable team on the road i mean you feel the psychological not just the physical advantage but the psychological advantage of this is our home um and even with you know i don't want to get into too much into like referees and things like that but even that like you know there there's a supposed to be a distinct advantage to playing a team at home you're going to have to deal with you know home calls or things like that, but we don't have that advantage. We've never had that advantage either. So it's uh, very, very uh, difficult to, um, to 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 try and uh, deal with those pressures of not having a, a gym and also, you know, being totally independent and having to play, you know, only the tougher teams in the state. So that's, that's all of those factors, you know, kind of factored into the season we had last year. How do you know, Coach, who, who you're going to be getting, uh, you know, every year? I mean, how do you know, like, who's going to be able I mean, it must be really tough to figure out, like, who might even be coming to, to Weaver, whatever that it's means, you know? It's extremely difficult um, because, you know, a lot, a lot of parents just don't want to deal with the politics that's going on. They're not sure if the school is going to survive. Mm-hmm. They're not sure if the school is going to still be around. They want their kids to have some sort of consistency. So those parents that, you know, there's, there's been a number of really good basketball players and really good athletes, track stars, that, you know, live within walking distance of where Weaver should be. And those kids go to other schools because the parents are just not sure if the school is going to survive and just not sure about the level of education. So, you know, those things have been very difficult. We don't know who's coming to the school until the school year starts. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that, that, that also plays a factor and how you know, difficult a stretch it has been over these last few years. Yeah, well, you can understand parents, you know, getting a little skittish about it, though, right? Right, right. I mean, it, 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 this, this is no fault of their own. This, this, they're not doing anything wrong. A lot of, a lot of those parents are you know, saying, I want my child to have a strong educational base uh, when they're applying to college. I don't, want them to, I don't want it to say on their transcript they went to three or four different schools or, mm-hmm. or you know, had to deal with it. Because even the staff, there's been a lot of staff turnover as well. A lot of teachers are looking to, you know, have, have something a little bit more solid, a little bit more consistent. So, you know, every every school year, you know, there's been a considerable amount of, you know, change in the teachers at the school. Principal, we've had about three principals in the past three, four years at Weaver. You know, so it's it's, it's been extremely difficult to have any sort of consistency. Uh, Reggie, assuming it, the building does open, as we've talked about here uh, in the fall, it doesn't. You're going at least independent one more year, and I would assume there's no end in sight of finding a, a home in another conference, is there? Even if uh, you do well, have a home you know, field. The, the, diff, the difficult part is that um, when you try to like we try to get into the uh, tech league, um, but 
Well, they've disbanded. They didn't want. They threw out Bassett Harding and Capital Prep, so that right. wasn't going to happen. They didn't exactly. disband. They, just, well, so, so they this, changed it. And so people aren't really, you know, don't really want to take on a team that they feel has the potential to come in and basically win the league. Right. So you know, like a lot, a lot of those people are skeptical about taking in a, a school like Weaver. So I'm not sure that we have any, you know, strong prospects of a, a conference that we could join. I mean, that's really up to the athletic director. You know, those are, you know. Above my pay grade, those type of decisions, <laughs> but it's um, but it's 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 very difficult to try and find. You know, a lot of people ask, will the CCC allow us back in once we get into the new building? And I'm not sure. I don't. It's not a definite. It's it's probably on the table to be discussed. But I think that we probably have to show that we could field teams in many other sports before they would allow us to come back. And to be honest with you, I I don't dislike the freedom of being able to have a, a, a totally independent schedule but it's the other things that make it difficult right now but if you know i think being a being independent would be you know the best situation for a school that is trying to build a strong basketball program because you don't have the, you know you, like when you have in a conference you know, they, they build in 16 to 18 of your games automatically um, right, and then you only have you know one, two, three, four games to try and you know play teams around the state, a Hill House or a Wilbercross or you know whatever have you. So you know like to be able to have the freedom to do it, you know, to pick and choose who you play, is great if you have the home gym, if you have a thousand kids, if you have you know there's a lot of things that you need in order to to be able to be successful doing that. Um, but you know. Cause, uh, the other thing is that when you have when you're in a conference is you know you, you most of the time you have eight to ten wins already built into your schedule. Yeah, right. So you know, so you know, like going totally independent, you know, you got to play like we got East Lime. That's not an easy win. No. You know, you play you got <laughs> playing teams like Waterford. That's that. Those aren't easy games because you got to go to them. They're not going to come to you know your whatever gym you're using, you know, so the, the bet, the, you know, if you ask a team to play, nine times out of ten, they're going to say, yeah, we'll play, but you got to come to us. Mm. So we had to play at New London, at East Lime, at Ledger, you know, all these different places that, you know, even if we were the better team, when you factor in being on the road, you know, under their terms, their gym is rocking because Weaver has never been there before, <clears throat> you know, you might just run into a buzzkill because of the situation. There were several games last year where you could tell that that game was their Super Bowl. Yeah, right. You know, with us coming in. And, you know, I think like a, a team like St. Paul that was very solid, but they shot the lights out when we came. You know, like it was like I, they couldn't miss. It was a, a big deal that Weaver was coming to St. Paul. So, you know, that's what makes this whole scenario very difficult, but also what makes our kids battle tested when it comes to having to play a double overtime game. I, I guess I guess if if there's coach a silver lining to it is that you're not really alone. Like you have Bassick, you have Harding, Capital, Capital Prep. Prep, and didn't you start like a tournament with them last year? If I remember correctly, yeah, they, did a, they did an independent um, team tournament. Amistad and, and and Harding um, they declined to be in it, but it was uh, Amistad, Amistad yep. University, Capital Prep, and, and us. I'm not sure if they're going to do that again this year. I, I would love to, but it was, uh, you know, it was nice to, when they when they put it on last year. But all these other teams that we're talking about, Capital Prep has a beautiful facility that belongs to them. 
You know, Banastic yeah. is still in their own gym. They still have their own space. Harding still has their own space. Actually, a new one, a new gym. Right. Out of these independent schools, you know, we're the only ones that are still right. on the road turning games. So, Well, what any chance you guys could do that again? Uh, well, I I hope so. And once again, that's that's you know the AD's decision, and they they got that together at the last minute last year. Right. Um, but it was like you know one of our most successful stretches. So we got two wins, and we end up winning that inaugural tournament. But I'm not sure if they're putting it back together again. Um, right. But I would love to be a part of something like that. It's you know just gives the kids uh, something to do in that two week period. Right. Last exactly. Until the time the state tournament starts. Right. Well, you mentioned the state tournament and being an independent, you don't get to play for one championship, and that would be Division One at the Mohegan Sun. Based on your schedule, based on what you've seen, based on the landscape, handicap Division One for me, and how you think you guys can do? Well, Division One is a juggernaut. I mean, it's it's it's. Um, I do think you know I've always wanted the best teams to play. I was one of the guys that was crazy enough to believe that we stood a chance against the you know Mustafa Haran Sacred Heart team and. I felt that you know we could stand a chance against Hill House and all of those those kinds of teams. So I and I, I I do feel like there should always be a, a chance for the best teams to get together, even if you did the classes and then did a a, a tournament of champions where double L plays S and L plays M and then the two champions play. I've always been a proponent of let's get together and, and play instead of crowning these guys number one without them getting a chance to you know rub elbows with each other. Like let's do that. So I think Division One is that. But at the same time, like now, you know, you, you lose three, four games, you're on the road now. Now you, you're playing at Windsor, you know, first round. You know, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's crazy how, how um, you know, thick that tournament can be. So I think with the, the way that it's set up, it's all about who's healthy at that time and, and who's, you know, reaching their peak at, 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 at that time of the year. Anyone can win it. Um, to be to go out and say I think we should be favored or this team should be favored, I think it's crazy. Just like last year, in my opinion, East Catholic was the best team in the state last year, and they didn't win the championship. You know, they, it's difficult to beat a team three times, let alone four in the same season. Um, so you know, they kind of ran into. They, had they not had to face Windsor, I think they probably would have won the state championship. Because you know they had played Windsor three times, they had played like the week before in the CCC tournament. You know that fear goes out the window when your kids play the same kids over and over and over again. Which was why the CCC when I, when we were in it was such a difficult path. It's because you had Windsor, Weaver, and East Catholic all in the same division, yeah. the conference. You know, so you know that's you know six games a year where you're playing a state championship level you know team type of thing. Um, and that, when I, you mentioned that we lost in a state tournament, uh, a state championship um, my first year. We had beat East Catholic twice that year. That's right. At East Catholic and beat them, you know, at uh, Classical Magnet. And then we end up, you know, losing in dramatic fashion um, in, the state, in the state tournament. I think maybe my guys were younger and felt like the game was going to be like go similar to the first two. But I just think when you're playing a really good team with a really good coach like Coach Riley, it's going to be difficult to beat any team three times or four times in the same year. So um, I think that's where teams like the Sacred Heart has an advantage. They don't really play um, state championship level teams over and over again. So that's most of the time, if you play them in a tournament, it's going to be your, their first time seeing you and your first time seeing them. But, you know, like a Windsor or, or – 
or uh, uh, this year East Catholic is strong again. I think Bassic is very strong. But with us being independent, we're playing most of those teams. We play the East Catholic, we play Bassic, we play Sacred Heart. We don't play Windsor this year, but I think all those teams are probably the among the favorites to to be in the hunt for the state championship uh, this year. Reggie, so I think that oh, the fact that we play that we play all these teams and we we rub elbows with them, and I think that makes us uh, battle tested, and I, that and battle tested gives us a shot at least come tournament time. Reggie, who was the number one team in the 2016 season? 2016. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, it was Weaver High School. <laughs> I think I think we were I think we were the best team in the league that in, in the in the state that year. We got played Sacred Heart in, in the in the fall league, and we had you know split with them. They beat us once, and we had beat them once. We had beat a very talented Hill House team in the, the CPTV tournament. Um, I I feel like it was in, uh, we had beat Windsor twice that year. I don't think it was anybody else that was. That was uh, a matter of fact. I'm sorry, we had beat Windsor three times that year. Beat him in the CCC tournament as well. Right. Um, so I don't think it was anybody that was that was close to us at that time. That state championship game, in my opinion, um, it was very difficult to get out of there with just my top six guys on the bench and you know all fouled out. Right. Uh, I, I don't know any any teams that could you know continue to rock on and be as strong as they possibly can be with their top six players on the bench. But once again, if we're going to lose to anybody, losing to a quality team like Hill House, with players like Joey Kasperzik, Trey Breland, and Christian Adams, you know that's you know that there's no shame in losing to those guys because those guys are all great basketball players and the coaching staff was amazing. So, you know, it was I mean we got together and we we made a classic. But I do believe that that 2016 team deserved to be state champions and. Um, you know, and then that changes things. I think if we win that state championship, this is this is my coach's rant right here. If we win that state championship, the following year we still have three, four guys coming back, starters coming back, and I don't think that like the momentum went to Hill House because they won the state championship, so they were the overwhelming favorite coming into the following season. Right. But we still had the Martin brothers. We still had Andre Lyons. Yep. We still had. Jaquan Williams. Had we won that state championship and was returning all those guys, I think the voters might have thought we was the number one team. And and you know those That's things become a self fulfilling prophecy. You know it's not a lot of people say, oh the rankings don't matter. I disagree with that. I think as a young man, if you look in the paper or you look on the on the internet and you see that these guys who know basketball think you're the best team in the state, I think you walk and talk different. I think that becomes a self fulfilling prophecy. You start to really believe that. You're that good because everybody else is saying it. Now, if they got you at four or five and they think that other teams are better than you, that then that will become true as well. You know, there's a saying that if a man thinks that he can do it and one thinks that he can't, both are right. You know, as a man thinks, so is he. So if you really believe you're the best team in the state, then that's going to manifest itself. And I think that, you know, rankings and, and, and things like that can – discourage somebody and it, or it could put a battery in their back and I think you saw Hill House take that and run with it after they won that state championship but I think their swag might have been a little bit different had they lost that state championship. So. And with that Reggie Hatchett, Weaver High School head coach thank you very much for joining us on the uh, Courtside with Joe Morley podcast good luck the rest of the season and we'll talk to you along the way thank you. Uh, thanks you guys for this I deeply appreciate it you guys do a great job. Thank you. Thanks coach
So that was Reggie Hatchett from Weaver and uh, the, the nomadic Weaver Beavers. Yeah, a lot of good huh? things. I mean, I, that's why I wanted to have him on, Sean. I, I thought he was even impressing me. With this. You don't realize it unless you play. You have to schedule all these teams. You're not in a league, so the only title you can play for is the, the one title at the end, and, and you're, you're not at home. Four or five years, that's that's a lot for kids. I mean, yeah. that's the, you don't get to play a home game. You don't get to have the seniors go out in the home. I mean, yeah, you do, but it's at a different core. Or, you know, seniors with their home, you know, with the, you know how the senior day. It's it's different than when it's not at home, I, I assume. I, I never played in basketball, but I, I got to think it's a pretty – tough thing to deal with my my thing and, and he alluded to it is if you're a parent i mean there's so many it seems to me there, there's so many other options out there if you're not sure what what the school's gonna do and where if you're a parent why would you send your your kid there and you don't know you know it's just yeah. the experience is just all over the place it just you know pardon me it seems, it seems kind of like a little bit low rent at at, at the moment you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and that's not know. Reggie's fault, and nope. that's not you know. There's just a lot of things. There's just a lot of things going on with the uh, with the Hartford Public Schools and and what they're doing there. There's so many that that's that town has so many magnets. Yes. And, I mean, whether they're in the system or not in the system, you have the 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 Metro Learning Center. You have the, the that was that's the other thing. I don't. I guess the CRAL. They yeah. don't want to have anything to do with Weaver. I would imagine that's a great fit. You might as well, right? I don't know. Again, same thing that he discussed. Maybe they don't want to take on a program that's going to beat everybody. Right. And, and uh, but you know, closer to home, schools that we're both familiar with, the basketball Harding. It's a different story because they have home and they have gym. But again, it's not easy being independent. And I don't see a future. No, especially. I don't, and I don't see them finding a league. Basic Harding or maybe Weaver has a better chance. I, I don't, don't know. Capital Prep, it. I don't think anybody wants them based on what happened. Right, I, I think Capital Prep's got the scarlet. Yeah, because of the whole the whole um, lottery system thing. And I, I, again, I mean, back when we were younger, you and I, we had conferences. We had a lot of independence too, and, and you had your share. And in some schools, like remember. Reggie, there were there were some, if I remember correctly, it was, but it wasn't. You didn't have the mega conferences. You had the smaller conferences. Oh, you're talking you about when we were sorry. really young. Yeah, we had the smaller <laughs> conferences, the district league, and, and then you had to right. go schedule. Eight or nine, yeah. You had the smaller leagues, the Hoosatank played in them was a ten-team league, mm-hmm. whatever it was. It it was different. Now you have mega conferences, and they don't all play everybody. It's a different. It's a different era. Uh, but it was enjoyable to hear what he had to say and, and what those kids had to go through. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I mean, if you ask me right now, if well, someone asks you right now, I mean, he he wasn't even sure. I mean, he gets the schools going to open up. Do I think the school opens at some point? Yes. Do I think they find a league? No, not not for foreseeable future. I yeah, think it's, I mean, it would need to thrive that school. Well, they, they would need to thrive, and they need to have other sports, and that's part of the problem. That's what he said. They don't have other sports they can – it's the other sports, not just basketball. It's the other ba- – the baseballs, the softballs, the ones that struggle, and yeah. and the soccer, like you said. That That's the issue. And you have to have a full complement of sports, and that's why in the SEC, Basket and Harding are associate members only because they don't have the full complement that the SEC wants – and that's why they have don't have a home basket hurting. That's right. part of the problem. And then obviously, like, as we discussed, the break, the CTC reforming, becoming the tech league again, and versus not the Constitution State Conference is a lot of different things. So, but it was good having Reggie on as a guest. And um, for the, our, my games of the week and for our stars from the past week, you can log on to gametimect.com. They'll be right there for you. Um, until next time, for sure, I'm Patrick Bowley. I'm Joe Morelli with the Courtside with Joe Morelli podcast. Thank you and have a good week.